have a part to play, and that is to go. And when you go and you begin to, to preach His Word, the Lord will confirm the Word with signs following. He's not confirming you. He's confirming the Word. And He's confirming the Word with signs that will follow. Look with me in 1 Corinthians 2. This generation needs miracles more than, well not more than, but just the same as every other. Oral Roberts coined the phrase, expect a miracle. I preached a message years ago, is, have, have you passed by your miracle? Have you walked past it? Sometimes I know I've walked past a miracle. I, I also preach another message, is, is your miracle under your seat? I had a missionary friend that uh, ran out of money. God told him to go somewhere that needed more money, so he spent his last penny buying the tickets. But but there was nine hundred and some dollars underneath his seat in the train. God knew what train car to put him on. Is is there a miracle under your seat? Glory to God. I've always I've always laughed. The next time I preach that old sermon, it's a good long message. I'm gonna I'm gonna put an envelope under somebody's seat just to, just to freak them out, you know, when that be good? See if anybody checks or not. Huh? It, you know what? God wants you to walk in miracles. You've got to get rid of the idea that miracles are just for the guy in the pulpit. Don't you remember a guy named Philip? We'll get off subject a little bit. Philip wasn't even qualified to preach the Word. He was qualified to take and wait on the tables. He, 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 he was... He was Cleaning up. He was serving. And yet he's the one that started walking in the mighty power of God. Probably, he started by probably putting his hands on people. Benson Itahosa was just a, just a young new believer. But he read in the Bible about you know praying for, the, for God to raise the dead. So he got on his bicycle. He heard the neighbor died. Well, you know, in his, his uh, village in Nigeria... Uh, you know, they didn't have a place to take them like we do. They're gone immediately. They take the body to the house. So he just starts going, finding people that die, go into the house and say, can I pray for them? So he prayed for this dead body, nothing happened. After he prayed for about 30 dead people and nothing happened, one of them come back to life. Whew! Well, that's the school of the Holy Spirit. So I say, well... I remember Lester Summerall talking about this little tiny Filipino pastor and his big Texas-American preacher came to the Philippines. And, and the, the big Texan looked down at the little Filipino and he said, I heard you raised the dead. And, and the Filipino said, yes. And the big Texan looked down and says, I've never raised the dead. The Filipino looked up at him and said, how many have you prayed for? No. You know, it's like Gretzky said. You'll miss every shot you don't take. Amen. So there's our part. And then let God do His part. Are you the healer? I'm not the healer. You, 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 I don't know about you, but I don't have enough power to heal the flea. But i got enough power to obey. Amen. So here in 1 Corinthians 2, what does He say? Verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I didn't come with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my... People say, I wonder how come. Well, it's because people were trying to kill this guy. Hello? He says, In my speech and my preaching... I'd love to have heard him preach. It was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Why? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Amen. Your faith should stand in the power of God. Well, I thought my faith was in the Word of God. Well, sure it is. Because He works with the Word and confirms it with signs following. Amen. So, so I, I went to 
to the Philippines, taking this great commission with me. And I remember after we came out, I was fighting symptoms of all kinds of stuff. I made the unwise mistake. He told me, the missionary told me, don't, whatever you do, don't drink water. You gotta drink only bottled water. And if you're gonna brush your teeth, you brush it with a bottle of water. And if they give you a glass with ice in it, you don't drink it, because that ice has got all that bacteria in it. Don't don't drink the water. And I was so thirsty and I was so full of faith, I, I drank some water. And for two weeks I thought I was gonna die. Uh, and uh, so I was fighting that. And then I had uh, I was coughing, and I was coughing so hard there was blood. And I prayed for fellows with TB. So the devil's trying, he's sitting on one shoulder saying, I'm going to kill you with dysentery. And he's sitting on the other shoulder saying, and if the dysentery won't kill you, I'll get you with tuberculosis. I was, I was struggling. And I was also just wore out and tired. And I, I got back to this city after being in the mountains with my West Virginia friends. And... Uh, <laughs> It was fun. I got to eat a, a, a wild boar that this guy killed by taking his spear, putting it in the ground, and letting the, the thing charge him. And he, and he told the whole story to the whole the whole tribe, like you know, it was killing life. And he and they all honored him because we got to eat the pig, and it was good. And uh, so so I came out of that, and came back to the city where that doctor lived. Uh, the Princessa. And unknown to, to me, well, there was an Assembly of God church there that heard we were on the island, so they asked me to come preach for a Sunday morning. And I was just hoping for some rest. But the Lord said, go into all the world and preach. So I said, yes. And I get up that morning, and I, I didn't know if I could get through the sermon. I was, I was that weak. And uh, I came in, and pastor was an idiot. He comes up to me. I never met the guy in my life. He comes up and he says, don't bring, don't bring that uh, fake American gospel here. And I'm like, what would that be? He said, that being slain in the spirit, that's an American phenomenon. It's not in the Bible. And it's not in the Philippines. And, and it's, it's just something y'all made up. He just went off for about 10 minutes about how being slain in the spirit was you know, some American weirdness. And, and to be honest with you, I'm just trying to believe God to stand up. <laughs> if I fell down, it wouldn't be because I was slain the Spirit. And so I got out there to preach. And of course, I'm preaching on healing because that will keep me going. And it's the first time I asked the Lord, because he, he told me lay hands on the sick. I asked the Lord, I said, I, I, I can't do it. And the Lord said, pray and ask for the whole, all those that are sick. So I had an altar call for the sick to come forward in the Philippines. That's half the church, if not more. So they all cried in the front. And I said, I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. And I lifted my hand up and prayed in the name of Jesus. And it was just like Custer's last stand. And the Spirit of God came through. And they just all fell down. An American phenomenon showed up. It was a sign. It was a sign. See, you just got to get out there. Get out there. Let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Spirit. You say, well, there's, there's nothing special about you. No, that's right. But there, there ought to be something special about you. Get out there. And, and, and preach. Paul said, when I came to you, I didn't come with excellency of speech or wisdom. In other words, you know, he may have been trained as a, as a rabbi, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, the Bible says. But that's not why God was using it. See, your education is important because God gave you a brain. And God doesn't bless stupid. And we cast the devil out of you, but it's harder to cast out stupid. So if, if the missionary says don't drink the water and you drink it, you're stupid. And then you wonder why God didn't heal you. Because you can't heal stupid. Right? And, and, and thank God for His mercy. We'll get to that. But, but Paul said... I didn't come to you with excellency of speech. He wasn't saying he couldn't preach. Because the guy could preach. He preached all night until somebody finally fell asleep, fell out of the window and died. I mean, he's, he's, he's a preaching machine. But that's not what he was, was focusing his faith on. No, it's on the power of God. 
I remember hearing Kenneth Hagin talk about Smith Wigglesworth. And just the other day, I was reading from a guy named Donald G. He, he has a book that's not in print, it's online, you can find it, uh, about great men of God that I've known. And in there, he has a chapter on Smith Wigglesworth. And he, he's talking about what Brother Hagin talked about. That, that the Assembly of God didn't like Smith Wigglesworth because he wasn't one of their fold, so to speak. But, but they would always bring him into their conventions because they wanted the young pastors to see the anointing. Because Smith was not educated. He was un, an uneducated plumber who didn't have proper English and couldn't string a sentence together with proper grammar. And he would get up in the first 5 to 15 minutes, according to Donald G., the first 5 to 15 minutes, he would just sit up there behind a pulpit and stutter and bluster, and it made absolutely no sense whatsoever until the anointing of God would hit him. And Donald G., now who was an educated man, would sit on the front row with amazement that here the anointing would hit an uneducated plumber and these sentences would come out of him that were perfect English grammar and, 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 and rhythmic and cadence and style and they'd hold the whole place mesmerized because of the anointing. Amen? The anointing, that's what I want. I, we we want to see the power of God in our generation. And this next generation has to have the power of God. See, it's not... It's not something to be worried about because it's something we can trust and rely on because God is a miracle-working God. Look with me to Malachi chapter 3. How many of you know God doesn't change? Malachi 3 verse 6. Malachi is back there in the Old Testament. It's the last book of the, of the Old Testament. If you don't know where the books of the Bible are, there's a table of contents in the front go ahead and look at it and memorize it it'll help you I'm being honest I listened I, I found out when Oral Roberts died I wanted to know what was his last sermon so I figured that'd be important you know the last sermon Oral Roberts preached on was know your Bible and one of the things he said right in the middle of his sermon is he says can, can you quote all the books of the Bible do you know where the books are you need to know your Bible well, that's pretty good parting words. He died a couple days later. All right. Well, here in Malachi 3, verse 6, page 943. For I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. See, God doesn't change. Turn with me. Let's real quick go over to James. James. Find Hebrews, just keep on going. James chapter 1. Let's look at verse 17. No, in fact, let's start in verse 16. Do not err, my beloved brethren. So we're liable to make a mistake here. That's why you say don't err. Look out. I was walking behind my father one time on a cliff in Watkins Glen. And... Uh, the, the, the trail got really, really narrow, and my father took a big step, and he said, be careful, don't step there. Then I stepped there and went, whoop, right down, in, almost into the river. Uh, you know, so don't do that. Don't err. Well, what, where's err going to come? Every good gift, say every good gift. And every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. There's nothing about God changes. Now, theologically, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, wax eloquent here for a little bit. There's a, a doctrine that we hold to. When you talk about God, we talk about God having certain attributes. And there's typical three that are the main attributes. Is God is omniscient. That means he knows everything. He's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere, 
right? And, and, and what's the next one? Omnipotent, right? He's all-powerful, right? Now, in that main three, as a cluster, so to speak, you have all of these other aspects of God and His character and His nature. How many of you know the book of 1 John says God is love, right? The Bible talks in another place that God is light. We have all of these descriptive characteristics of who God is. And God is love is probably the most common. If you ask people who or what is God, most of the people are going to reply at some point, God is love. One of the attributes of God that doesn't get mentioned a whole lot, except by the, the deeper theologians, is that God is immutable. I-M-M-U-T. A-B-L-E. The immutability of God. Even coders in software design use the word immutable because you can create a certain point portion of code that's never going to change. It's immutable. Well, God in His nature and in His essence does not change. We're going to look at half a dozen scriptures here in a minute, so bear with me. But... Uh, the church has believed from the beginning in this eternal, changeless nature of God. Now, there's some people here and there uh, that have a different views, and uh, uh, but generally we, we we count them not orthodox, and some of them even cultic. All right, that God evolves, or that God learns. See, if you know everything, you can't learn, right? I mean, if, if you're learning, you don't know everything. How many of you know Brother Dale's not omniscient? Amen. You don't know everything, right? You're still learning. God knows everything. He, I, I mean, I, it's amazing to me. God knows software design. I've had him teach me. God knows music. God probably knows chords you ain't never heard. He knows songs you ain't ever sung. He knows everything. And, and in this, because it's unlimited and it's eternal, He's never changed. He's always known everything. Right? Now in that then, to preserve the reality of His, of his omniscience and His omnipotence and, and His, what I miss, omnipresence, you have to bind them with the cord, so to speak, of immutability. Because if any of them changes, they all fall apart. God doesn't change. God does not change. In other words, God's the same today as He was before He created the heavens and the earth. And He said it right here. He said, I haven't fried you guys because I don't change. And we're going to find out that he emphasized one of his unchangeable aspects was his mercy. His mercy. God is immutable. Let's look at a few other scriptures. Look in Psalms 102. God doesn't change. That's why you shouldn't stay up late. You should go to sleep because God doesn't sleep. He'll watch over you. 102, Psalms 102, look at verse 25. Of old hast thou laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. Yea, all of them will wax old like a garment. As a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and your years have no end. See, from everlasting to everlasting, God is constant. God in His essence and in His being knows no change. Well, we, we have a classical one that, that's interesting to me because a lot of denominational people kind of snicker at this one. But let's look at Hebrews 13. Pentecostals like to use this verse when they preach healing. And people kind of snicker at it in the theological world because they say, well, you're taking it out of context. Well, let's find out. Hebrews 13.8 says, how many of you know this verse? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday 
and today and forever. See, I like that verse because it's a sum total of this doctrine of immutability that there is no change in God. There's no variableness. There's no shadow of turning whatsoever in God's nature nor in His character. That's why He can't lie. His integrity is based on His immutability. I want you to understand, this, this doctrine is an important doctrine. It's that cord that holds those three together. God doesn't change. Amen? And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now let's go to Psalms 33. Psalms 33, let's look at verse 11. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Now I just picked this one out of about a dozen verses that say basically the same thing. That God has a counsel and a purpose that doesn't change. It's always been the same. Now you can apply this a lot of ways. Murder is always going to be a sin. It's just not going to change. Right? Stealing is always going to be a sin. It's not going to change. There are His counsel, His will, His purposes are eternal, forever, fixed, because they come out of His character, out of His essence, out of His very nature, out of His love, and thank God His love does not change. But in that love, there's also justice, and there's judgment. And so sin in its role, you know, and this is where the, the church often comes under attack, like, like the church is in this process of evolution and things are going to change. No, the only thing that has changed between the Old Testament angry God and the New Testament sweet Jesus God, it's the same God. The only thing that's changed is our perception and our access into His presence because redemption has been made, made, made available. But God didn't change. You did. Don't go throwing off that God changed because you changed. Thank God you changed. But God remains the same, as well as His counsels. That means that the way God deals with people is the same. Uh, I think 12 times in the Bible, it says there's no respect of persons with God. See, God will deal with the president the same way He'll deal with you. We need, to, we need to recognize that as well and be that way with people. It, and, and the book of James talks about it. You don't want to show respect to a rich man or condescension to a poor man. There's no respect of persons with God. Why? Because there's no change in his counsel. Right? See, if somebody comes to me for counsel, I'm going to give them the same counsel based on the Bible that I would give to the next person that comes to me. I remember a young couple came to me, and I found out that, that, that they weren't married. They were living together, and they wanted counsel. And I said, well, the first thing is, is, is stop living together. Well, now the next couple that comes to me in the same situation, I'm not going to tell them, oh, it's so nice that you live together. No, I'm not going to change my counsel. Why? Because that counsel's eternal just as much as the, the, the nature of the case. And I want you to get this. Because where does the counsel come from? It comes out of God's nature or His love. Because of God's love, He says murder's wrong. Everybody understands that. But when God says homosexuality is a sin, they're all up in arms. But that comes out of the love of God too. Hello? Somebody said, well, homosexuality, it's, just, it's my nature. Why did He make me that way? Well, I've met people that lines their nature too. Come on. And if you haven't, you've been blessed. But just because it's their nature to lie doesn't mean that it's not a sin and that they can't change that nature. I've, I've dealt with soldiers. You, you get a soldier into a thick fight, for long enough, it would become his nature to kill. You bring him out of that, that role of justice and you bring him back into civilization, they have problems all the time. With, with soldiers doing what it's their nature to do, and we train them to do it. Doesn't make it right. Hello? But see, sin, even in the negative impact, 
comes out of God's heart of love because in love is justice and judgment. Now, there's a reason I'm emphasizing this because his love's not going to change. If, if, you want, if there's one thing the Bible emphasizes, it's that fact. Turn with me quickly to Psalms 106. Let me show you a few things here. So if God's going to deal with you in counsel, he's going to deal with me the same way. His methods for, for relating to people, his relational level. If, if, if you cry unto the Lord, whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved except Kevin. No. No, there's no respect of persons. It's whosoever, right? Amen. I, I, there's a reason I'm reemphasizing this. Psalms 106, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. That's not a, thank you. That's not a suggestion. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? Oh, yes, he is. But keep reading. Endureth forever. Say that with me. For he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. What's the next verse? Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Why is that connected to his mercy? Now, really what this means is who can, who can list them all? And the implication is you can't because like his thoughts towards you, they're more plentiful than the sand. I don't know about you, but I'd be hard pressed to be able to list all the blessings that God's just given little old me. It's, it's, an, it's incredible, isn't it? Just on an individual basis. So here we have his mercy endures forever. Go with me to Psalms 118. I, I want to emphasize this. Let's look at verse 1. Psalms 118. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Why? For he is good. Say it with me. For he is good because his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endures forever. I called on the Lord in distress and the Lord answered me and set me in a large place. See, the Lord is on my side. I'll not fear. What can man do unto me? The Lord takes my part with them that help me. How could he say all that? Because the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. Go with me over to Psalms uh, 136. I just think that uh, if we're open and honest, that he's trying to make a, an emphasis here. Psalms 136, let's look at verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Here's be something you've never heard before. For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Well, maybe you didn't get it. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Maybe you're just a little hard of hearing. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. Maybe you're just a little, still a little thick up here. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. Why does he do great wonders? For his mercy endureth forever. I don't think you got it yet. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. Well, I wonder if the Lord will work a miracle. See, there's no problem with God. He ain't changed. Problems with us. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. And in case you're still not catching on, to him that made great lights for his mercy endures forever. 
The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night. This is what you should be thinking when you look up in the sky. His mercy endures forever. To him that smote Egypt in the firstborns, for his mercy endures forever. He brought out Israel from among them. For his mercy endures forever. With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, his mercy endures forever. For him that divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy was powerful a long time ago. See, the God who split the Red Sea, he's here tonight. And to believe anything else is not to believe in the immutability of God. And it's to degrade. It's not that God evolves, but that you think He degraded. Now, the, today, the modern theologians, what they'll tell you is they'll say, well, see, it's not needed anymore because we have the Bible. But what Jesus said is because you have the Bible, you'll get the manifestation. He said, go out and preach the word, and I'll confirm the word with signs following. They had the Bible too. Well, this period of this this period of the apostles, and then the last apostle died. Well, then when that last apostle died, God lost his strength, because I didn't know it was the apostle that healed. Because I, I don't think Philip was ever considered an apostle. Well, see, but things, things are different now under this new covenant. And the Lord understands that in your suffering, He wants to teach you. Well, let's just hold on and look at it simply through this mercy never fails. What that means is that when, when, when Jesus looked and saw that woman in her blood, and He was moved with compassion, that He ain't moved anymore. Then when he saw you all smashed up with your nose on the wrong side of your face, <laughs> he looked at you, but it didn't, it didn't evoke any compassion in him. Oh, yes, it did. Because his mercy doesn't fail. There's no way the Lord could look at you and not be moved in any other way than when he looked at every miracle and every woman and every man and every blind and every leper and every crippled and he was moved with compassion and healed their sick. If he's not still moved by the same compassion, he's not the same God. Somebody says, well, yeah, but now he's teaching us through these things. Then his counsels change. And he said, that ain't going to happen either. Because if he's teaching me by making me sick, how come he didn't make them sick to teach them? How come he didn't look at that woman with that issue of blood and said, you ain't had enough yet, sweetheart? Not once. He... That, that, that's, it's, <laughs> there's so much air in that. Do not air my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. If he healed one, then he wants to heal all. See, it even takes away the question, what well, do you think God heals all? Well, if he healed even one, he wants to heal all. Because he's no respecter of persons with God. But yet so many times I've been in rooms, and I think you know what I'm talking about, where someone will jump up and tell this fresh testimony of how God healed them. And sometimes I can feel it in the crowd. There's other people who haven't received their healing. It actually makes them depressed. Don't let the devil lie to you. Just jump up and shout with them and say, hey, I'm next in line. Amen. I remember coming off the mission field and I'd come back to the house and I had these three boys. And, and, and I'd try to, I remember I was in Argentina, so I, I made a real mistake. I bought them different things. I bought one, I, I bought them a whip, a gaucho, a real whip. I think that was for the oldest one. Boy, was that a mistake. <laughs> I don't remember what the three gifts were, but they were not the same. Big mistake. All I did was set carnality on fire in my house. After that, every gift was of the same or equal value and generally was exactly the same. Right down to the color. 
Why? Because God doesn't have any favorites. I was telling Terry the other day in the car, I think she swallowed hard when I said my first sentence. I said, I've become something God can't even become. I'm a grandfather. God is, has no grandchildren. So I've become something God can't become. God only has children. And if He's healed one child a thousand years ago and was moved in compassion, then His immutability, His love, in the nature of His love and His being moved with compassion. Let me clue you in on something. Go read your New Testament again. Go read the Gospels. Do it tonight. If it doesn't say moved with compassion, do you know what, it, what word it uses? Mercy. Here's these blind men sitting by the side of the road. What do they cry out? Come and heal me. Come and heal me. No. Lord, have mercy. They knew it never fails. Ooh, the power of God just came in the room. Mercy. Mercy. All oh, we haven't even finished this chapter. 26 verses, 26 times. His mercy endures forever. I like verse 23. He remembered us. In our lowest state, for his mercy endures forever. He redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endures forever. Even the food I eat, food for all flesh, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for His mercy endures forever. Now, if that's not enough to say Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, if that's not enough to talk about the signs and the wonders, then this will push you over the edge. Let's close in Second Chronicles 5. I'll ask the worship team to come. Or are we done? We're not done, are we? Do you still have worship? Good. Because if you didn't, you're just going to make something up. <laughs> Second Chronicles chapter 5. Solomon has built the temple. Now get this. This is a whole new phase of worship. We've gone from tent to tabernacle to temple this is the peak and he's built this temple and they sanctify it with all these offerings and let's start in verse 12 and the Levites who were the singers these guys all of them from Asaph of Heman of Jeduthun with their sons and their brethren being arrayed in white linen, out, their, their uniforms look good, don't they? Being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals, and, and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them, 120 priests sounding with trumpets. So they were making some noise. It came even to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praise and thanking the Lord. What is that one sound, friends? And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music, and they praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. That then, 
The house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. They were slain in the spirit. Long before there was any American evangelist, the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. You see, miracles are not from the past and a a day that's gone by. Because our God is alive, living, active, agent of history, here, now. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And His compassions, His mercies never fail. He can't look at you any different than He looked at the woman with the issue of blood or the blind on the side of the road or the man paralytic by the the water and there was no one to put me into the pool so Jesus did it himself because there wasn't enough ushers (laughs) let's stand up on our feet see miracles aren't solely based on you doing something you need to do your part but miracles are based on the fact that God always does His He always does His our God always does His part lift your hands say this with me for He is good and His mercy never fails hallelujah Father I pray for each person within the sound of my voice right now struggling with sin your mercy never fails for those struggling with life and grief and sorrow wandering without purpose your mercy never fails for those with sickness and disease in their bodies your mercy never fails for those without job or finance or future your mercy never fails for you are the same you are the great God you are the king you are over all the earth Jesus you're the Lord of my life say it with your own mouth and just take a minute now and affirm his lordship affirm he's the God of your life affirm he's the Lord of your life Jesus you're my Lord I'll take this gospel into my world. I'll take this gospel into my work. I'll take this gospel into my school. Jesus, you never change. Your mercies never fail. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord. Healing power of God flood into her being right now in the name of Jesus. I say be healed in Jesus name and we thank you for that healing power Lord we bless you Lord we thank you you never change your mercies are new they're forever your mercy never fails your love your compassion thank you for your healing power in her body now in the name of Jesus and I bless you for it Lord We command every symptom to go in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your healing power in the name of Jesus. Command this body to respond to the word of God. We praise you, Lord. We receive your healing power now in the name of Jesus. Lord, your love, your mercy never fails. We thank you, Jesus, for your healing power in his body right now. In the name of Jesus. 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 We thank you for your healing power in his body. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Your mercy never fails. Healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your mercy never fails. The healing power of God flow into her body. In the name of Jesus.
be healed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let the healing power of God flow into his body. In the name of Jesus, we bless you, Lord. There it is, right there. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Now, let's say it the Lord. You learned to receive as a young man. And receive you have. But there are things that I've brought to you that you have been indifferent to. And I want you to receive them. One, then another, then a three, then four. One after another. Be like dominoes scattered on the floor. The power of God in your life must increase, not decrease. While you decrease, I will increase, saith the Lord. Uh, so receive it. And don't be afraid to turn the corner just because you don't know what's around the corner. Just because you cannot see. Include yourself in a long, long list of those who did not know, who did not see, but neither did they care. For it'll come on you easily. You've learned to receive. So don't be indifferent to what I have for you. <laughs> don't be afraid of, of the stretch. Don't be a, afraid of much. Don't be afraid of big. You've never seen big. <laughs> Put another zero behind it. Yes, another zero behind it. Nimala and receive it. Because your enough is not my enough. My enough is bigger than your enough. <laughs> your enough is small. My enough is big. Don't be afraid of the stretch. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power in this whole family. In Jesus' precious name, we bless you, Lord, for your healing power. You are the same. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Blessed be the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, let the healing power of God flow into her body in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it now. That anointing now, restoring and healing her physical body. We worship you, Jesus, for your healing power. Be healed in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. For our precious sister, let the power of God flow into her body right now in the name of Jesus and effect this cure and work this miracle. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, be healed. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for the healing power of God flowing into her now. You are the same. Your mercy, your compassion, you are the same. You've done it for one, you'll do it for all. Do it again and again and again. Thank you, Jesus, for your healing power. In Jesus' precious name. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power in her life right now. We thank you for your precious promises being fulfilled for her, in her, through her. In Jesus' name, be well. We praise you for it, Lord. We glorify for it. Now lift your hands and shout to the Lord. For the Lord is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. Oh, I know, but there's oil. I saw oil. <laughs> there's new carpet. That's not healing carpet. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. You ready to receive? Yes. Amen. Father, we anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. 
Let the healing power of God flow into his body in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Moramateke, body line up. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. For Jim. Father, we just thank you for Jim. We thank you for your healing power in this cloth. We thank you the anointing is tangible. We thank you it's transferable. Father, we only hold your scripture up to you. And as you used Paul, and they took from his body handkerchiefs or aprons, and they laid them upon the afflicted and the sick, evil spirits were driven out, and, and, and diseases left them. We place our faith in that right now in the name of Jesus. The gym, we say, you are healed in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands up. For the Lord is good. Say it with me. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endureth forever. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endureth forever. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endureth forever. Towards me. Towards me. Towards me. The Lord is good. And his mercy endureth forever. Towards me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, one way we love God is by loving one another. We have fellowship downstairs. Don't forget to fellowship with one another. Share your heart with one another. Pray for one another. Make sure everybody's doing okay. Make sure they got gas in their car and food in their fridge and a workplace to go to. Come on, we know how to be the church, right? Amen. We, we, don't, we don't need to uh, belabor it. We're a giving people. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. I'm so blessed. I hope you got half of what I got. God bless you as you go. Amen.